welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 53. Winning is mandatory. On a number of Field Logs up to this point, we've talked about the idea of iteration, right? Where, let's say you're starting some sort of writing practice, say maybe you're calling in life you believe to be being a writer. So you want to write books and you set up a writing routine. And that routine, let's say first thing in the morning, you know, before you go to work, you wake up seven in the morning, you do your cold shower and your prayers and your breakfast. And then by 7.30, 7.40, you sit down to write for 45 minutes before you leave for work. Well, In the beginning, that routine is going to be very simple. You're going to sit down, you're going to open up a Word doc or maybe a Google doc or something, and you're going to start writing. And then you might do that for two or three weeks. And then you start realizing that you're waking up a little later than you intended to. And this happens to me all the time, right? I want to wake up at 6.30, I wake up at 7.20. Happens all the time. It's difficult. I get it. But then you're realizing that this isn't quite working for me. I'm failing at this. So let's try to make an iteration. Maybe I'll try to wake up even earlier so that when I sleep in a little bit, I'll have more time to write. Or maybe I'll try to write after work. Or maybe you'll try to write on the weekends only, which of course I wouldn't recommend. You should try to do habits daily. Whatever it is, you'll iterate on it. Say you wake up 30 minutes earlier. You're waking up at 6.30 now. So now when you sleep in a little bit, you're still waking up on time and you have a little buffer there. But then you realize that your story isn't really going anywhere, so you change your writing routine, and now rather than writing for 45 minutes a day, you're writing for 25 minutes a day, and 20 minutes a day is spent on reading books on writing, or watching YouTube videos, or listening to a podcast, a writing podcast. I don't know what's out there, right? This is just an example I chose. Whatever it is, you start iterating, and then the system becomes better, and better, and better, right? This is how my journaling system was born, right? My current journaling system has a bunch of iterations built into it over the seven, eight, nine maybe years that I've been doing journaling on and off, right? Very consistently for the last three and a half, four years. There was a lot of iteration, but now I can just take that template, send it to a friend and say, this is what I recommend you do. And here's the reasons why. Right? So there's a lot of power in failure. But we don't want to take that too far. Right? Let me say, near the beginning, at the very beginning of this episode, that winning is mandatory. All of the failures are leading up to the win. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever your purpose is, doesn't matter if you don't achieve your purpose. Right? If your purpose as a man is to be a writer and maybe you want to make beautiful art and you keep iterating and you keep failing and you constantly fail and then you don't win at the end, what was the point, right? And you did get some personal transformation and discipline and everything, right? That's a small victory. But if the actual goal wasn't reached, it was pointless. So what we don't want to do is fall into one of two traps. A, thinking that failure is always bad because we know that the road to success is built on failure, right? Succeeding is failing forward. So we know that there is a utility for failure. But on the other end of the spectrum is this idea of 
glorifying failure, right? And there's a very interesting book about this, and I'll put it in the show notes below. It's called The Lean Startup, and it explains the idea of what's called agile methodology. And it's this idea of building a startup with what's called a minimum viable product, right? You put out a product knowing that it's not perfect, and you're looking to fail so that you know you get feedback and you see what works and what doesn't, and it's an exploratory process, right? A lot of what we talk about regarding iteration comes from this idea of the lean startup, the agile methodology of pivoting and iterating quickly. But you can take it too far. We start to almost fetishize failure and your goal is to fail. Your goal should never be to fail. Your goal should be to succeed whatever it takes. And it will take failure, but you have to see failure for what it is. It's a lesson to help you succeed. That's all failure is. The failure itself doesn't serve a purpose beyond getting you to the win, right? You hear this story all the time of how Thomas Edison came up with like a thousand prototypes for the light bulb before he came up with the proper prototype. And of course, if you read into it a little more, you realize that he wasn't the one making these light bulbs. It was the people working for him. But they came up with a bunch of designs that didn't work until they landed on the perfect balance of materials and maybe thickness and manufacturing to make a light bulb that actually worked. And what that story is meant to teach us is that failure has its place. But remember that the story is only powerful because at the very end, he wins. That's why it has weight. If the story was Thomas Edison came up with a thousand light bulbs that didn't work until he came up with one more that didn't work and then he died and he never invented the light bulb and it took 10 more years for someone else to do it. That's not a good story, right? That's a terrible story. So we have to put in its place failure and the concept surrounding failure and understand that they're just experiments to help us find what works. That's what's ultimately going to make a difference. Right? If you're someone listening to the Field Log podcast six days a week, first thing in the morning, and you're doing the Warrior King training protocol, and you did the 2023 goal setting guide, and you're really trying to change your life and make yourself effective and grow in your relationship with God and honor the seven commitments, and you're trying to become a tool for God's purposes, and all you're doing is fail, and you're making no progress in the gym, you're career isn't advancing forward, your earning potential isn't advancing forward to the point where you can make a difference with the wealth that you've built and your craft isn't developing and your mind is where it's been for the last 10 years and your relationships are stuck and you're not building new or stronger relationships and you're failing just across the board. First of all, that's incredibly discouraging. And second of all, nothing's getting done. Right? Think about that. If everything that's happening is failure, Nothing's getting done. Winning is mandatory because without the win, nothing changes. Right? If you're, let's say, having some sort of spiritual battle, maybe with a certain kind of sin, right? Maybe you're, I don't know, prone to gluttony or or anger or something along those lines, and you're making no progress at all. That's not good, right? There's a story I told And I actually forget in which episode it was. It may have been the episode on alcohol, but I'm not quite sure. But there's a story of a monk who had a drinking problem and he drank a lot. And then he prayed to the Theotokos daily to help him with this sin habit. And by the time he died, he'd 
gotten it down from a bunch of alcohol every day to, I think, one glass of wine, something along those lines. And that is a win, right? In the spiritual life, you will never achieve perfection, not in this lifetime at least. And you work towards it, right? You pursue perfection. But each one of those victories is a win. The little wins do add up. But we don't want to glorify failure. Look at it neutrally. Say, good, fine, I failed. I will try again. I've learned something. But if all of those lessons don't end up leading to success, you wasted your time. If you're doing a bunch of experiments in the gym and always trying out different routines and you feel like you're learning a lot and your physique isn't changing and your strength isn't changing and your health and your blood work and nothing's changing, that's not a win. That is pointless. It's useless. And of course, when I talk about winning, I don't just mean tangible exterior. Like I said earlier, with the spiritual example, there are things that might not be visible to the naked eye, but they're still wins. You can't discount those, of course. So think about the characteristics of a warrior king, right? Someone living the warrior king life. Think about that. It is the pursuit of excellence. It's conquest. It's progress. It's doing things that matter, getting better at making a difference. If your goal as a man is to impact the lives of the people around you positively, right? Lifelong connections and chance encounters, whatever they are. If that's your goal and you're not achieving that, what's the point? Right? There was an episode we had a couple of days ago, which was work until they ask, what are you on? Right? And one of the things I said in that episode was, if you're going to make these sacrifices, if you're going to live the life of a warrior king, if you're going to bleed day in and day out, sweat day in and day out, and turn down social commitments and not hang out with your friends when they're doing things because you have work to do, if you're going to do all of that, if you're going to make all of those sacrifices, it better be worth it. You better make it worth it. Right? You can think about this in the spiritual life. Right? Uh, St. Paul says, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to us. And if you're going to turn down all of these worldly things, which on the surface seem like they're pleasurable, but ultimately are futile, right? If you're going to turn down these things to live a, a Christian life, a life devoted to your Lord, it better be worth it. And it is. That's the point. The whole idea of the gospel is, how do I inherit eternal life? Right? Think of the questions that people ask Christ whenever they come across him. What do they ask the Savior when they meet him? How can I inherit the kingdom of God? That's the goal. All of the things that we give up, these transient things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things, of course, right? you're not giving up much and you're gaining eternity, but that's the trade-off. If there was nothing after death, if we were just a meat suit, you know, and on a rock flying through space, as there are people who believe this, right? Then there'd be no point to give up all of your sins, right? It's hard work. There'd be no point in controlling your eating and following the church fasts and going to liturgy, waking up early in the morning and then showing up late at night for something like Pascha and standing for four hours to worship your God, the creator of the universe. But there is a point. There is a a win there, right? We win eternal life. There's a certain language that's used in the scriptures sometimes that, or it maybe was the quote of a saint, I'm not exactly sure, 
but that the kingdom of God is won through violence, right? The kingdom of God, eternal life is achieved through violence. We fight for it. We struggle for it. The Christian life is marked by suffering because we're working for something greater. Our salvation, the salvation of the people around us, right? The transformation of the world from its fallen state back into perfection, where we labor for those things. We try to introduce goodness into the world. That's why we're doing it. If you're fasting and praying and attending church services and doing all those things and you're not changing a bit and the world's not changing at all and nothing's happening and that was your entire life and then you're the same person you were when you started and then you die, no point. There was no point. So, of course, as Christians, we pursue that with faith, knowing that if we struggle ascetically, the Lord will grant us progress. But that being said, that's the reason we do it. Progress. Spiritual progress, spiritual victories. Every time you have a sin habit, if you have certain sin habits, which I certainly have, right? I've talked about some of them before, and some of them are a bit sensitive, so I won't touch on them, but certain ones I can discuss here publicly. Um, I used to be very prone to anger, right? When I was 18 years old and I first went to university, there was a program where you could see a therapist. So I had six sessions with a therapist, and that's what started my journey on trying to you know, control my temper, control my anger, let go of some anger that I've been holding on to since childhood. And over those 10 years, and with the help of my priests and my brothers and my family and the scriptures, and of course, the Lord himself, I've been able to overcome that and become calmer. And of course, there's always more growth to be had. But that's a huge victory for me. One of the things that I used to struggle with was disrespect. You know, someone makes a snide remark at me, I wouldn't take it. I would never let that go. But as we know, a real man, many times, will let those things go. Because it doesn't bother him. Because his understanding of himself is in relation to his God. And God wasn't the one that said that to you. That was a person. And if you got angry about it, what does that say about you? Think about that. So think about the areas in your life, right? Now that we've been talking about why winning is mandatory, and it absolutely is. There's no point if you're not making progress in winning. Think about some areas in your life where you haven't had a win in a very long time. And this actually now reminds me of another field log called Ask Yourself, Is This Working For You? Right? Where if you're doing something specific in your life, let's say you want to be married, right? This is a pet example of mine, but right? an example I like to use. Let's say you want to be married. You want to find a woman who, with whom you have you know, chemistry, whom you find beautiful, who, who finds you attractive maybe, and you have similar beliefs and maybe you share the same faith background, whatever it is, whatever your list is, it's up to you. And you're looking for a woman like that and you're having no success. Let's say you're actively looking, right? You don't always have to be actively looking, right? Certain periods in your life, you can say, listen, let me just focus on building myself as a man. But let's say that's not the case for you right now. You want to be in a relationship that could potentially lead to marriage. And it's not happening. The girls you talk to are not attracted to you. They turn you down whenever you approach a woman. Maybe she rolls her eyes and walks away. And when you start getting into relationships, they fall apart very quickly. Maybe you're picking the wrong kinds of girls. Whatever it is, it's not working for you. You have to ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? Because the whole point of this pursue the whole point of talking to women and going on dates it's not to have fun right you're you're a man of the lord 
right? You're not going to be running around fornicating, or at least I hope you're not. And of course, you know, many of us have that sort of past, unfortunately, but whatever it is, at this point in your life, if you're listening to the Field Lock podcast, I'll imagine that you've committed yourself to your God. That's the first commitment. So there's, you know, there's some fun in hanging out with a girl and having conversation. That's fine. But that's called a friendship, right? That's not a relationship. So if you're going on dates, hoping to meet a woman that you have a connection with, and then eventually, you know, that leads to marriage for your salvation, for her salvation, for the, you know, the fathering of children that you can then raise up to be honorable, God-fearing citizens. If that's not happening and you've tried everything, there's something wrong. If you're failing and failing and failing and failing, you have to actually know when to pivot, right? In the lean startup, and there's a lot of lessons here that apply to life. If you have a company direction, let's say you founded a company and it's, you know, building, I don't know, transistors or something, and your product's not selling and you keep iterating on them and they're not selling and nothing's working, you have to learn to understand. You have to, you have, to have discernment to know when do I pivot? Is what I'm doing working? And if it's not, if there are no victories and I don't see that changing, what do I do? Because I know winning is mandatory. You know, deep down you know that it is the victory that defines you. Right? And I, again, I'll say it one more time because I can already hear the criticisms. I'm not only talking about external victories. I'm talking about the true purpose you're trying to live. If the purpose of your life as a man, is to make an impact. And let's say part of that impact is having a family. And you are not winning in that category. You are not living up to your purpose. Right, the entirety of Christian theology is centered around Christ's victory over death. If you ever go to an Orthodox Pascha service, we chant that Christ trampled down death by death. He has won the battle over death. He has vanquished death and has made for us a bridge to eternal life by his crucifixion, right? That's the point. Christ came to this earth for a purpose. The word became manifest for a purpose, and that purpose was to give you the chance to achieve eternal life. His victory allowed that for you. And in a much smaller scale, whatever victories you experience— are going to enable the people around you greater joy, right? Greater meaning, greater connection, greater success in life, whatever it is, right? When you are a strong, successful, wise, patient, charismatic leader and man, and you marry a woman and you learn how to have a connection and relationship with her that has those qualities of yours, and then you have healthy children who are not afraid of being beaten by you because you're not some sort of, you know, drunk who, who hits his wife and children, right? Which is, of course, not the godly thing to do. And they're not scared of you and they know that you're patient and you're, you're forgiving and you're passing wisdom onto them, right? You've been educating yourself or you started going to church and living the warrior king life and you're doing all the things to be as wise as you can to develop your mind and pass that knowledge on to your children. They're benefiting from your victories. But you have to see that. The best thing you can do as a man is be an asset to the people around you. Right, of course, after your salvation. But that's who you have to be. Winning 
is mandatory. Quote me on this. Send it to your friends. Right? I stand behind this. Winning is mandatory. If you're not winning, if you're not achieving your purpose, and I don't just mean achieving the end goal, but working towards it, right? The little victories, that's winning. If you're the one of the things holding you back from dating is maybe you look in the mirror and say, I'm not really taking care of myself, right? I'm not what I perceive to be attractive enough to the women around me. Maybe I'm a little overweight and maybe, you know, I don't know, your your hair isn't cleanly cut and your beard isn't trimmed and your wardrobe isn't where it should be maybe. And you take care of all of that and you really start to look dapper and cleaned up and you look good and you look respectable and people start to say, well, like you really, you know, you look well put together. I, I like your outfit. I like that suit. It fits you well, right? One of my friends has recently started expanding his wardrobe a little bit and he just got this three-piece Navy suit and wore it to church yesterday, right? I'm recording this on a Monday. And I looked at them and said, man, that, that suit looks great on you, right? That's a nice three-piece. It looks very elevated, right? And then, of course, when he was walking over with his coffee at coffee hour, I started saying, you know, he looks like the kind of man that if you insult him, you wake up with a horse's head in your bed, right? Like, he looked really put together. He looked very sharp, very powerful, right? The kind of man I want to take advice from. So you might achieve that. And then still, you're not really getting into relationships. So you're like, okay, so I've checked off one of the things. What else can I focus on? Maybe I'm not quite sure how to talk to a woman. Maybe I don't know. You know, maybe I I always put my foot in my mouth. I always say a bunch of stupid things. You know, maybe you're used to making very crude jokes or something along those lines, which again, by itself isn't great, but that's preventing you from meeting the woman who could be your wife. So you win all of those things. And many times that's what life is, is in order to get across the finish line, to have a breakthrough, right? There's this Metaphor that James Clear uses in Atomic Habits. You have an ice cube and it's 28 degrees. You heat it up one degree, nothing changes. You heat it up another degree, now it's 30, nothing changes. You heat it up another degree, 31. You keep heating it up until it hits the melting point. And then you think, oh, that one degree is what did it. No, no. It was all the degrees. They all added up. There's potential energy. Every win you have without the breakthrough is getting you so close. But you have to look at the situation with honesty, with clear eyes. Am I racking up wins and I just haven't broken through yet? Or is the whole thing doomed to fail and it's failure after failure? Know when to pivot. But always remind yourself, today, as you're brushing your teeth, as you're drinking your coffee, as you're getting ready to leave for work, remember, wherever you are at any given point in life, You're there to do a job, to get things done, to get the win. Remember that. Work towards it. Today, if you've been feeling, you know, your energy is draining away a little bit, and we're now on episode 53, and I'm starting to fall into a routine with the Feel Lock podcast, and I'm starting to see that some of the enthusiasm is starting to go away, and maybe sometimes I don't feel like recording. But have I missed an episode? No. I've stuck to my commitment, thank God, to this point. But let this episode today reinvigorate you, remind you why you're doing this. Work hard, be smart, find the resources, do what no one else will do. Rest and recover, take care of yourself, care for people, become the man God needs you to be today. And remind yourself always that it's meaningless without the win. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. 
You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day. <laughs>